Check out Unpacking Israeli History podcast. From the history of infamous terror groups, Hamas and Hezbollah, to the story of Nakba, to Israel's disengagement from Gaza in 2005, there's so much to uncover. Unpacking Israeli History cuts through the noise and helps you understand Israel's present through understanding Israel's history. Catch up on previous seasons and enjoy new episodes from Season 6 each week. So, educate yourself. Learn the history behind the headlines. Find Unpacking Israeli History wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, y'all. We're rerunning two episodes today. Enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Eves. Welcome to this day in history class, a show that reveals a little bit more about history day by day. The day was April 17, 1917. After seeing many patients with varying symptoms, including lethargy and odd eye movements, Romanian-Austrian psychiatrist Constantin von Economo announced the probable spread of a viral disease at a meeting of the Vienna Society for Psychiatry and Neurology. The disease, which was spreading all over the world, became known as encephalitis lethargica, or epidemic encephalitis. The so-called sleeping sickness put many people into a deep sleep and often resulted in death or post-encephalitic Parkinsonism, a progressive neurodegenerative syndrome that develops after encephalitis. While the epidemic was in full swing in the late 1910s and 1920s, the number and types of symptoms increased rapidly. There were similar illnesses that popped up around the world before the encephalitis lethargica epidemic started in the early 1900s. For instance, African sleeping sickness, which garnered attention in the late 1800s, has symptoms like sleepiness and apathy. And there was a disease known as La Nona, which was a post-flu complication characterized by somnolence that was prominent in Northern Italy and Central Europe in 1889 and 1890. Somnolence just means a person feels sleepy or drowsy or sleeps for a really long time. 
But the earliest reports of people affected by the encephalitis lethargica epidemic are from 1916, when much of the world was occupied with the First World War. In fact, the troops' march across Europe during the war likely helped spread the disease quickly. In France, doctors saw soldiers who had fallen into a deep sleep. And while Dr. Konstantin von Economo was working at a psychiatric neurological clinic in Vienna, he began seeing patients with strange variations of neurological symptoms. They had been diagnosed with conditions like meningitis, multiple sclerosis, and delirium, but those diagnoses didn't quite seem to fit the bill. They had malaise, fevers, trouble with their eye muscles, and a lot of them had lethargy. So von Economo figured all these cases stemmed from a sleeping sickness. Once many of the affected patients began dying, he realized how urgent the need to study the condition was. Not long after the April 17th meeting, he described the disease in an article titled Encephalitis Lethargica. He said patients would get headaches and malaise, then somnolence. Those initial symptoms could become chronic and lead to a coma, or recovery would eventually happen, or the patient could die. French physician René Cruchet also saw patients with similar neurological symptoms, and he distinguished their condition from previous cases of encephalomyelitis, or inflammation of the brain and spinal cord. Crochet published an article on the disease around the same time as von Economo published his. Since the disease was causing mental and behavior changes, many people did not believe it could be caused by a virus. At the time, people believed things like trauma caused mental illness. And the 1918 flu pandemic, which ended up killing at least 50 million people, was a medical crisis that demanded a lot of attention. So many people weren't really convinced by von Economo's proposal at first. But the encephalitis lethargica epidemic was getting worse. Some patients were sleeping for months, and others were dying of exhaustion. The disease was spreading to children who were losing impulse control and becoming violent. The Neurological Institute began funding a lot of the research of the disease. Encephalitis lethargica cases reached epidemic proportions in Vienna in 1917, then in France and England in 1918. By 1919, it has spread throughout most of Europe, Canada, the U.S., Central America, and India. The epidemic peaked in 1920 and 1924 and continued into the 1930s. People who developed Parkinsonism required long-term care. Researchers attempted to discover the cause of the disease and find a vaccine, but no treatment or cure came of that work. When the drug Levodopa began to be administered to patients with Parkinson's in the 1960s, it was also given to some patients with encephalitis lethargica, but treatment wasn't successful. In the 1927 publication Epidemic Encephalitis, Encephalomyelitis, L. M. Kraft said the following, its dramatic advent on a war-torn world, its rapid diffusion to all continents and the islands of the seas, its striking and characteristic pathological picture, its astonishing masquerade in the guise of a myriad of other diseases, its remarkable shifts of group types in succeeding years of its recurrence, and its almost unforetellable course in any individual case has no parallel in the entire field of medicine. 
and it is doubtful if any plague has ever been visited upon humanity that has claimed so many victims, has so completely covered the earth, and left so many maimed and crippled wrecks in its wake. After 1940, cases of encephalitis lethargica were only sporadic. During the epidemic, the disease may have killed half a million people and affected more than a million, though the true number of people afflicted is unknown and overdiagnosis was likely. Today, exactly what causes encephalitis lethargica and how it spread is still a mystery. It's likely not caused by the flu, which many people have fought over the years, and it's been linked to streptococcal infections. Though only symptoms of the disease can be treated with medicine, there has been some success with steroids, anti-Parkinson drugs, and electroconvulsive therapy. But because scientists don't know what causes the disease, it's hard to say whether it will make a comeback or how to prevent another epidemic. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you'd like to learn more about the disease and its spread in the early 1900s, listen to the episode of Stuff You Missed in History class called Encephalitis Lethargica. Get more notes from history on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at TDIHC Podcast. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you come back tomorrow for more delicious morsels of history. There are some stories in Jewish history that are so bizarre, so fascinating, so completely wild that they feel like they're straight out of a movie, but they're all true stories. Join hosts Yael Steiner and Jonathan Schwab on Jewish History Nerds for a new season of intrigue, mystic realms, and bloody battles. In season three of these podcasts, you'll meet an ancient Arabian king who converted to Judaism in a struggle for power, a mysterious author who created amulets and performed Kabbalistic exorcisms, and a can't-miss story of a female Hasidic Rebbe whose story unfolds like a real-life Yentl to challenge societal norms. Jewish history nerds will keep you on the edge of your seat as you learn all about some of the craziest and most amazing yet largely unknown stories that fill Jewish history books. Find out what happened, how it happened, and why each story still matters today. Don't miss Jewish History Nerds Season 3, hosted by Yael Steiner and Jonathan Schwab. Find Jewish History Nerds wherever you listen to podcasts. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. 
Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. There's plenty to celebrate in March and Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Greetings, everyone. I'm Eves, and welcome to this day in history class, a podcast that never gets tired of history. The day was April 17, 1951. The Peak District became the first national park in the UK. Before the 19th century, wild and remote areas in the UK countryside were viewed as untamed and unsafe. But by the early 19th century, people had begun viewing these remote areas more favorably. English poets like Samuel Taylor Coleridge and William Wordsworth romanticized the countryside in their work. Yellowstone, the first national park in the United States, was established in 1872. Yellowstone is sometimes considered the world's first national park, though this is disputed because there were nationally protected areas in some countries already. Regardless, more national parks began popping up around the world in the late 1800s, such as the Royal National Park in Australia and Banff National Park in Canada. By the late 19th century in the UK, people had begun fighting for the right to roam. A lot of the land in the UK was privately owned, and over the years, people put forth more demands for access to restricted land. The freedom to roam is a principle that states that people have the right to access land for recreation and exercise. In 1884, James Bryce, a member of parliament, introduced the first parliamentary bill for public access to the countryside. The bill failed, but it was reintroduced every year for the next few decades, only to fail each time. Meanwhile, public appreciation for natural areas and outdoor recreation was growing. As industrialization spread across England and cities expanded, people began walking around the countryside. At the end of the 1800s, people began forming rambling clubs. And in 1905, the Federation of Rambling Clubs formed in London. As more people began to seek access to private land, conflict between landowners and public interest groups escalated. In 1931, a government inquiry recommended the creation of an authority to choose areas for designation as national parks, but this proposal went nowhere. The next year, in an event known as the Kinder Scout Mass Trespass, hundreds of people gathered to protest the fact that people were being denied access to areas of open country. 
1936, a voluntary Standing Committee on National Parks was formed to advocate for national parks and lobby the government. The committee was made up of leisure activity enthusiasts and nature conservationists. World War II broke out in 1939, but the campaign for the creation of national parks continued. And as the war neared its end in 1945, John Dower, who was secretary of the Standing Committee on National Parks, produced a white paper on national parks as part of the Labor Party's planned post-war reconstruction. This report led to Sir Arthur Hophouse's report in 1947, which prepared legislation for the creation of national parks in the UK. The report also proposed a list of 12 areas to be designated as national parks. Two years later, the National Parks and Access to the Countryside Act was passed. On April 17, 1951, the Peak District became the first area to be designated a national park in the UK. The Peak District is an upland area in England at the southern end of the Pennines. Its highest point is the Moorland Plateau of Kinderscout. Land throughout the park is publicly and privately owned. By the end of the 1950s, several more national parks were established. Unlike national parks in other countries, the state does not own or control the land in UK national parks. The national parks continue to be part of conversations related to the freedom to roam, conservation, and development. The Peak District National Park has around 13 million visitors every year. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you'd like to send us a note on social media, please feel free to do so on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. We're at T-D-I-H-C podcast. You can also send us a message via email at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks again for listening to the show, and we'll see you tomorrow. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.